escola do meu coração de vocês também. Segura, Marimba! Caramba! Firma na palma da mão, tem a luz aí Welcome to a special edition of the Brazilian Beat. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion and music making community one interview at a time. This is episode 105 and a very special episode. Um, we're not actually interviewing anyone this time. We're going to be talking about Carnival. So if you've ever wanted to know a little bit more about Carnival, this is the episode for you that we're learning too. And we've got Courtney and Diana. Hello, hello. Morning. All right. So um, we had an idea, or I, I brought it to Courtney and Diana, and I thought it would be cool if we learned a little bit more about Samba schools in, in Rio and uh, Carnival. I'm super into Carnival. I know we in, have interviewed a lot of mestres that play at Carnival. And so we wanted to just delve a little bit into what the sambas are about this year, what the enhedos are about this year, talk a little bit about the schools and the mestres that we've interviewed, and and uh, also talk a little bit with uh, Courtney about her experience playing Carnival. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get started. This is a great we... idea, Sylvia. I appreciate you coming to us with this. Very cool. Yes. I'm going to do like a quick little vocabulary thing. So um, samba is the rhythm. It also means community in general when we talk about that. Samba in Hedu is the actual song um, that each school chooses for the year. And then the word in Hedu is theme. So when we say the in Hedu for this school, we're talking about the theme that the school has chosen to talk about. The samba in Hedu is the song that they chose to go along with that theme. Um, just that was confusing to me for a while. We were actually talking about this before we started recording, but the fact that some of these themes are very abstract, um, you know, yes. they'll they'll write a poem about it. And that's, you know, and that's how you're supposed to know what the Enhedu is about. So um, there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of references to Brazilian culture, to Brazilian history, a lot of um, references a lot of times to um, to African culture, Afro-Brazilian culture. So there's a lot of things that we don't mm -hmm. super understand, but we're just going to give like a little overview so mm -hmm. that when you're watching Carnival, uh, you know, you might be like, oh, yeah, OK, I understand what this is about. So. Um, even though sometimes like some of the schools, we, we don't really understand what it's about, but we'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> and I wanted to remind everyone that uh, the parades start on the 19th of February and continue on on the 20th. And that's for uh, Grupo Especial. The other groups start on, start on, uh, Thursday or Friday, is that right, ladies? Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Yep. No, sorry, Friday, Saturday for mm. Grupo Oru. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe I think that's a that's a good thing too to to talk about is the fact that there is um, there are many samba schools, um, and there are um, I guess you would call them tiers. It's almost like a you know when you think about soccer too, it's like the A series or the B the A team the B series. Um, or like varsity league versus junior varsity. Uh, Grupo Especial is Sunday and Monday, and that's sort of the the big show of the schools that have won 
um, or like that are really well known, but you compete to be in the Grupo Especial. Every year, one school goes to the junior varsities, which is the Serie Oro. Right. And one school uh, goes back to, you know, drops down and one school ascends. Um, so there's a, you know, there's, that's definitely something that the Grupo Oro, you look at because you, you want to see like who's going to make it. And there's like definitely schools who have stayed in the Grupo Especial for for decades. And then there's, you know, the ones that uh, suddenly fall. So it's, it's really exciting. And the Wednesday after Carnival is um, when they have the, the, what I, I don't know what you would call it, the uh, apuração. 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 Mm -hmm. apuração. Mm -hmm. um, when the judges give their marks to each of the schools um, and you decide, they decide who wins Carnival and, uh, and who from Grupo Oro gets to go up and who from the Especial goes down. And that, that tier system, uh, mention is goes way down there's a whole bunch of different tiers yep mm -hmm. so it goes way down to i went to a grupo bronze school which is like the fourth tier down it was freaking awesome oh that's awesome <laughs> what school was it it was a it was a in the league like samba school that was um it's all made up of people who support the flamengo soccer team it was flamanguasu like academic goes mm. to Flamanguasu mm. or something like that. How cool. Or, is that what it's called? Flamanguasu. Yeah, it was probably the most equivalent thing to what we would see in the United States. Like, I mean, but way better. I mean, the players were super good and they had a Porta Bandera, but just everything was smaller. You know, they had the whole singers and a sound system and they were doing the Enhedu and the Bateria was running through everything with them. Um, and there's probably about 40 people in the Bateria, but they had all the other components but everything was just a little smaller. And it was like the most equivalent thing, like I said, to um, to um, something we might have in the United States, but it's like something to aspire to, I guess. Um, and I was talking to um, my friend, Jason Fritz arrived yesterday and it was like, you know, some people, you know, there's like, if you kind of think of it like mega churches versus community, small churches, you know, it's maybe something we could relate to the United States. And some people want to be a part of a mega church, right? And some people don't, they want to be a oh, part of a small sense. community church, or they're part of all of, of, of all of it, you know, they maybe play in Grupo Especial, but, but they um, direct in another school. So like this guy, that's a director, I'm sorry, I forget his name, the mystery of that small school, Flamanguasu that I went to, he's a director at Portela, but he's the mystery at the at Flamanguasu. So that's really common. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like we've interviewed people that have, you know, certain roles at schools, and then they have like a either a higher role at a school that is not, you know, in the Grupo Especial, but definitely uh they're like free agents they get to play with uh with a lot of people which yeah of course which takes right. i feel like a lot of de dedication because of uh, all the rehearsals well a lot of times it's like from their neighborhood mm -hmm. you know like yeah that's they play in their like neighborhood group but also like at another place or whatever yeah so a lot of crossover um well we'll get started and uh we'll start with academicus do grande rio um, this is my favorite. I have to say, I have a few favorites in the uh, in terms of the sambas this year, um, but Academicos do Granjihu is definitely my favorite. They're actually the reigning champion. They won last year. Um, they won their first carnival last year in 2022 with um, with the Enhedu about Eshu, um, which is um, uh, one of the deities in Candomblé, 
Um, and it was very candomblé focused, which I think a lot of people were really um, not necessarily surprised about because there's all there's a lot of candomblé in um, in a lot of the enjedos. Um, but because it was it was very, very heavily focused on issue and candomblé and in Brazil in the last few years, especially with the political situation, there has been a lot of um, strife among uh, candomblécistas, people who practice Afro-Brazilian religions because of um, sort of the movement, kind of like what ha what's happening here in the U.S. of like uh, conservative movement. And um, so, so there have been some uh, tejeros, there's like uh, churches of candomblé churches that have been destroyed and things like that. So um, so it was really nice to see them win that last year. But this year, their enjedo is about Zeca Pagodinho. And if you don't know Zeca Pagodinho, go to your Spotify right now. <laughs> Look up Zeca Pagodinho. Um, he is a singer of, uh, of samba, of pagodi, and he's just a very um, important figure in Brazilian popular music. Um, and so they're, they decided to do, um, a lot of times some of these schools do, um, parades that honor a certain figure and Ze they decided on Zeca, Zeca Pagodinho is alive. He's still very much an active, um, musician. And so it's pretty interesting that they're doing this, but the name of the, uh, the enredo is O Zeca O Pagodi Onde É Que É. And basically, it's talking about um, his, not necessarily his history and his life, but sort of his way of life. Um, and so one of the things that uh, that they mentioned in the description is that they are celebrating his way of life and they sing of his symbolic universe and exalt his personality as a chronicler of, chronicler of life in the suburbs of Rio de Janeiro and an artist who communicates in a way, in an extraordinary way with his legions of fans. So Zeca Pagodinho is like really known for singing about life in the burbs, you know, about, you know, relationships. You know, he always has a, a cup of beer in his hand, um, you know, so it's all about <laughs> sort of that boteco, uh, botiquin mm -hmm. lifestyle where you sit and you chat with your friends over, you know, a 40 ounce and, you know, just listen to music. So um, the composers, um, Alinjinho is one of them. So they're one of them is uh, the son of Arlindo, uh, Arlindo Cruz. Diogo Nogueira is also one of the composers. They're actually one of the newer schools because um, a lot of these schools were founded in the 40s, 50s, I think some in the 20s. Um, they were found, founded, founded in 1988. Their colors are red, white, and green. Their quadra is in Duque de Caxias, which is in the Baixada Fluminense in the suburbs of, of Rio. Um Let's see what else. Oh, uh, I think one interesting thing that we want to mention is that almost I think every bateria has a nickname. Um, Academicos do, do, do Grande Rio's bateria's nickname is A Invocada. Uh, their mestre is hmm. fa, uh, Mestre Fafa. Their rainha is Paula Oliveira, who's an actress. Um, and um, some of the 
people that are really well known in terms of mestres that have played there, Mestri Sisa, who's a legend, and Mestri Ojilon Costa. Um, I believe he's one of the most well-known uh, Mestri's outside of the U.S. because he wrote that book. Um, do you know what the book I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, Obatuki. Obatuki Carioca. Uh, Obatuki Carioca. Mm -hmm. So he's really well known, but he played. Uh, he Mestri uh, Ojilon played there for um, led there for eleven years. Mestri Sisa led there for four years, um, but now it's Mestri Fafa. Ojilon. Just as a side note, Ojilon is. The most revered um, mestri that's alive right now. Yeah. He's um, he really professionalized and and changed everything. Like he has he has a huge amount of respect um, with everybody. Diana, you were going to say something. Yes, just that Zeka himself is not Granjihio, right? He's Portella. He is Portella. Yes. Yeah. It's funny because you know Diogo Nogueira, who's one of the composers of this. Um, he's mm -hmm. also Portela and Arlindo right. Arlindinho, he you know being Arlindo Cruz's son, he's Imperio Sejano. But I think, um, you know, I think depending on what the theme is, I think some people get interested in in writing some, you know, writing the the sambas. Um, so yeah, this is a really good one. I uh, I think it's a really catchy one. I think it's uh, I I don't know. Uh, I'm not ready to make my predictions yet, but I think this is one of the, in 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 my opinion, it's one of the best ones, one of the best sambas that, that uh, is at Carnival this year. It is probably pretty catchy as far as like, it's such a well-known theme and it's, uh, it's not, um, as we mentioned before, it's not some. Um... It's like straightforward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I also think that, you know, Zeka Pagodini is so beloved. I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, beyond That's... being a Pagodji and Samba singer, he's like this, like he's just symbolic of of that lifestyle. Uh, you know, and he's just a mm -hmm. cool person. Like I, you know, there was he's he's also he's so um he's just such an interesting character that he's memed all the time. And so he's just like this beloved character. So I think it's gonna I'm really interested to see how they're gonna um how it's going to be interpreted in the floats and how it's going to be interpreted in the costumes because everything um that's another thing all of those elements um really you know are the ones that are meant to carry the theme forward right and to visually um talk about the lyric and and what you know what what this is about so i'm really interested to see what that's going to look like so the next one is unidos d Tijuca. Um, and their uh, enhedo is, uh, or their samba enhedo is, E onda que vai, e onda que vem, sereia baia, is it baia? Baia. Yeah. Sereia baia de todos os santos, esse mirar no samba da minha terra. So, as Sylvia had mentioned, a lot of these um, themes go back to, you know, saluting Africa, and in this case, uh, they're saluting Bahia, right? Yes. Um, specifically, so, I think, specifically, I think the, the Bay of All Bay Saints. Bay of Saints. Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is the bay off the coast of, uh, of Salvador. 
And according to their media, Tijuca will dive into the cultural richness of the hydrographic basin that gives its name to the northeastern state. The bay does not just become a backdrop, but it, but itself a driver of the premise, bringing the aquatic and maritime concept to life, which can be seen in all sectors <laughs> of the procession. <laughs> Got that? So, uh, um, you know, in certain parts, there's lots of... Uh, Lots of blues and greens representing the water. So you'll see this in the costumes. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, Batería wears. Um, their carnivalesco is Jack Vasconcelos. And he really wanted to impart uh, the magic of Bahia, um, is what I've uh, heard and read Uh so I was looking. I was looking at our our sheet here because we have a a sheet that we put input all of our you know research into. Our and when by the... we she means she means <laughs> Sylvia <laughs> did all this work. Her um, the... she did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the authors it's or autores the composers. Um, it mentions Chinga, and uh, I was just reading that Chinga is actually the inter the singer. Um, over at Imperio Sejano. So just what we were talking about, how there's like a lot of crossover and how if you're in this world, you're definitely in this world and you're like writing songs for one and singing for another. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the background? This is one of the oldies because this this uh, was fine. This school was founded in 1931. And what, what area of Rio... What area they're, of they're Rio close are to the Ciudadji Novo. Uh, is that what it's called? I think that's Ciudadji Novo. Uh, that that station. Yeah. It's one of those schools that's accessible, I think, to a lot of tourists because some of them. Yes, it's in the middle of the, town. Some of the quadras are a little bit, you know, uh, removed from Way like where out. you would typically stay mm -hmm. as a tourist. Right. Um, but Tijuca is definitely one of the ones that you can you can get to. I have never been there. Have you been there, Courtney? I've been there a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool quadra. Yeah, I like that quadra because you can it, the, the battery is on a stage, but you can get really close and, and check out what they're doing. Some of the quadras, for instance, Grunge Hill, I only I haven't been to it a lot because the battery is so far away, you can't see the intricacies of what they're playing and what they're doing. You're just kind of like watching them from really far, kind of like Manguera, if you've ever been there. Um, but I've been to Tijuca a lot because, like you said, it's it's close in and and the battery is really easily accessible. <laughs> and I know some of the directors there, you know, we've interviewed them, um, like um, Junior Sampaio. Um, so mm -hmm. nice. So it's nice to kind of go where you know people and and kind of see yeah. their work, you know, see what they're doing. Yeah. And their bateria is known as Bateria Pura Cadencia. Mm -hmm. And their mestri is Mestri Casa Grande. Mm -hmm. And their symbol yeah, is the guy, peacock. He, um, <laughs> yes, the peacock. But Mestri, mestri Casa Grande is interesting because he is known for not really playing any instruments, but he has a really good ear for knowing what's working, what's not working, or like a, he can pick out a certain player that's like, a, that doesn't sound right, or you know what I'm saying? Like he's got a fantastic ear. So he's an interesting, an interesting mystery in that way. And they get, they, hmm. they win, uh, you know, they get like tens all the time. You know, the Bacheria always does really well. And he, 
he's different in how he approaches it. He's a little bit more, um, I would say, a little more conservative. Like his breaks don't tend to be as long and elaborate as some, but um, the the groove is always very tends to be very clear and and swingy and good, if that makes sense. Like the playing is good. Um, so he focuses, like I think, a lot on fundamentals more than more than fancy pot of genius. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Which is why he yeah. does well. This is different um, approach, you know, to to running it. But and if you're yeah. if you're a listener that speaks Portuguese, um, the site Carnavalesco, um, they have a reporter on their staff that analyzes the baterias. And so if you're like, you know, sort of a you want to nerd out on, <laughs> you know, what they're what the elements of their bateria is and what they're known for. There's pretty long articles about, uh, you know, what they're, maybe what they're planning to do this year in terms of bosses. Um, so it's pretty cool. I liked it. I really, have a, a I, female interpreter for the group, just different. Victoria or Victoria. Yeah. Oh yeah. Victoria. Yeah, just... I mean, a lot of groups will have an interpreter that's, um, you know, part of the team of singers, but she's like a main singer duo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like a main singer. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that's this one. Awesome. Listening to this one. Uh, I always like the ones that are, you know, Bahia themed or Orisha themed. So for me, this one was was a good one. I can't really say my predictions either, <laughs> but I did enjoy this one. <laughs> All right, so moving on, Imperatrice would be the inhaler that I am the most familiar with because um, I've been um, going to that quadra since mid-October and I was there when they did their their inhedu selection. So like that whole selection process is really, really interesting. And the day of the actual final three or four sambas and the school's gonna choose, it's like a huge, it's a very important part. There's not, there doesn't tend to be a lot of tourists there. Um, it's a very like, who's who of Samba. So when I was at Imperatrice, Casa Garanji was there, the two mestres from um, Salguero were there. Like there was just all these directors and mestres, you know, that just came walking in, you know, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, it was like my third day here or whatever. And it was just like, wow, everybody's, everybody's here. So um, that was kind of cool experience to, to see that and to see the whole process of the supporters coming in and cheering and everything. But I'm kind of getting off the topic of the inhedu. So let me find. No, we love it. We want to hear about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. And, um, and for those, see that. for those uh, listening who, who are not aware, Courtney is actually in Rio right now. Mm -hmm. um, and she is playing with the Imperatriz. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool that she's going to tell us about the Inghedu because she has listened to it a lot and she probably knows the lyrics. Um, yeah, I've listened to it a million times. I worked really hard to memorize all the lyrics. It's not, like we were saying, it's flowery language to how they write about the Inghedus, but also like the actual Samba Inghedu is really like, it's not language that people use day to day. I thought at one point it would be a good idea to learn Samba and Hedus as a way to learn Portuguese, hmm. but it isn't. This is very like, <laughs> odd way of speaking. Not like, conversational at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, and and this in Hedo in particular is using, it's about um, Lampiao, um, a cangacero from like a, like a bandit figure 
um, from northeastern Brazil. And so they use a lot of language that is typical of that area. They have changed a little bit of that because they were afraid that the judges wouldn't understand the references. Um, so some of that, unfortunately, was taken out. But um, but uh, I think that's kind of cool that they actually use some of the jargon from from northeastern in northeastern Brazil in in the Enheidu. But um, boy, I don't know if I can pronounce this. Um, Sylvia, would you would you say the like yeah. title of the? And then, and I'll read the literal translation because it made me laugh out loud. So, um, <laughs> uh, the name of the of the Enghedu and the Samanghedu is O Apeheu do Cabra que o excomungado tratou com má querença e o Santíssimo não deu guarda. That's the entire name. Uh, and then the little little literal translation is the goat's grip that the excommunicated treated with ill will. And the holy one, holy one being capitalized, <laughs> did not guard. So, um, yeah, this is like super <laughs> historical northeastern theme. And um, I think I didn't really understand what a cangaceiro was or who Lampion was in terms of like, like how do I, how do I try to grasp this until some I read a comparison of it being like the Brazilian equivalent to Jesse James or Pancho Villa. So if you think about that history, like that's kind of what Lampion was to mm -hmm. Brazil. Yeah. And he's, you know, he was, it's, it's funny because he's kind of taken on this sort of Robin Hood kind right. of status. So there were congaceros in Northeastern Brazil for a long, for like hundreds of years, but it wasn't until I think he, Lampion was like in the, 20s and 30s 40s kind of time period i think and um if i'm remembering correctly and so there's actual photos of him there's actually videos of him um, um but anyway it's about the death it's about the death of of lampion and how the government came in and and kind of mm. killed his whole band and in, in that moment and um the reference to the holy one um didn't guard him was um kind of the padre padim sisa which is Padre Cicero, I think, is his other um, title, was a, a monk who is also famous. He may even be a saint. I'm not sure, but he was also famous in northeastern Brazil. And there was a famous meeting between the two of them where um, where Padre Cicero tried to get him to um, get on the side of the government and all that. And and there's and in the Enheidu, they talk about when he died, when Lampiel died, he prayed, you know, to Padre Cicero to help save him and not send him to hell. But um, but there was nothing that Padim Sisa could do because he was a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the 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 um in Haidu is interesting because um a lot of the breaks sound like gunshots. So at the moment, you know, um Adel's Capitão, you know, kakun, kakun, there's all these like sort of gunshot sounding breaks. But there's hmm. a double meaning to that, the way it was explained to me. Um by Kleber Comca that a lot of people call Bolsonaro Capitão, like that's a nickname for Bolsonaro as well. So this is a like a a, a, a subversive sort of theme, a subversive sort of idea that like they're saying Adeus Capitão. This was you know happening. All these selections happening during the election in Brazil, like before Lula won. So it's 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 a very political statement. Um, is how uh, 
Claire described it to me. Yeah, and that's um, I think important to know that yeah Mangita, uh, that um not Mangita, sorry that uh, Carnival and Samba is uh, is a very sub you know subversive and sort mm -hmm. of um uh genre and really um, movement that has that talks a lot about um, social issues and has fought you know a lot of you know for a lot of of social issues you know one of the examples is um is Mangueira in 2019 who wrote uh, the Historias Praninar Gente Grande I think they won that year didn't they um that's and, where they uh, had the kid on the the cross I don't remember but it was it was a lot about um you know the stories that are not told you know they mentioned Marielle uh the the Veriadora, the um the representative of Rio that was that was murdered and so it so it talks a mm -hmm. lot about how you know they it talks a lot about how and I think there's one this year too that talks a lot about how some groups are excluded from Brazilian Beja history Flor. that's the next hmm. one yeah Beja Flor. yeah the next one I'm going to talk about yeah um but uh but yeah so I think it's important to note that a lot of uh carnival themes have to do with uh with those themes of, um, you know, of uh, crit crit critiquing the government in a way yeah. that uh, is safe. Yeah. Right. And should I get into the whole Delia Guarda and that lady dust up? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's important to note, though, that, that one of the things of this particular theme, too, um, it's uh, it's telling it's telling stories that are part of Cordes, uh, which are northeastern stories right and like it's a it's a popular expression a cordel is a popular expression that's like a a poem or a rhyming text and they are often hung from leaflets and sold at markets so some of these stories of lampio and all these people and like history are part of this cordel tradition so i think it's interesting to note because like when you look at what they're going to do in terms of of um the artistic expression of like the costumes or the or the the floats i think it's going to be cool to see how that yeah. that popular expression of the cordel is interpreted yeah and also yeah, I mean, it's definitely gossip let's talk about that lady <laughs> yeah um one thing i want to mention before that is also in the inheiru they incorporate they have an accordion player and triangle players a boomba and they have this whole faho awesome. kind of break that they do but the oh, but the man. accordion player like just check him out like he's a monster <laughs> he's playing a lot like what the seven chord the seven string guitar plays it's just all these runs and it's beautiful like the triangle and the zabumba just come in for that for the one break um that happens but the accordion's playing throughout the thing it's so cool um it's a it's a neat element that they've added So about the whole dust up. So um, Lula wins, you know, time moves on, Lula wins, and then it's inauguration day. And um, there's some commentary going on, you know, like live commentary for um, the inauguration. And the first lady has um, this woman com comments on her 
outfit. And, and side note, this woman was a musa for Grunchy Hue. Um, yeah, guess she in the like past. she's like an influencer, right? Like yeah, she's, she's right. like a YouTube socialite, socialite yeah. kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube influencer person, and she's she said that the first lady looked like the Velia Guarda for Imperatrix. And someone asked her why Imperatrice, and she said, "Oh, because you know they're kind of milk toast. Essentially, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just kind of blah, whatever." Um, is I'm paraphrasing, but um, that's essentially what she said. This caused a huge reaction, of course, with Imperatrice, because you don't, you know, you don't talk bad about samba schools, and especially the Velia Guarda, um, which is the like older, the it's like the older people, yeah, the older folks who are really, you know, well-regarded in the, in the community, beloved people, you know, figures in the community. Um, and so there was a huge reaction in Imperatrice. All the other Samba schools came out on social media denouncing um, anyone who would talk bad about, you know, Samba and Avelia Guarda. So she was, they were petitioning essentially Liaza to get this woman's uh, credentials into the Samba Drama, her press credentials revoked, which did happen. She can still show up as a, um, you know, a regular person who buys a ticket or an invited into a Camarochi or whatever. But anyway, she was kind of kicked out. But um, and there was yes. the, and there was the big banner, too, at the Ensayo Tecnico, right, Courtney, the Hispeto banner? Honestly, I did not see the rest of the thing. <laughs> I when you when you're playing, you don't see a lot of what else is happening. Um, I, I'm sure like I should watch just, it on, like, there's on just so much there's so much <laughs> adrenaline I bet after you know you've gone down I think well for me it's more I I don't want to screw up I want to stay focused I want to do my job and not you know and have fun in the moment and do like what I'm doing I need to not pay attention to necessarily what the other olives and things are doing because they're doing their job um I can watch it on YouTube later which I actually need to go back and do but um <laughs> I've been focusing more on memorizing uh, other parts for other things I'm involved with here, but uh, yeah, that's, I'm not sure. Did you see a banner, Diana? Sorry. Yeah. In the, in the parade itself, there was a banner that said Hespeto. Mm. Oh and yeah. For the, that's right. I would think that it's alluding to that. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I would, I think it's safe to assume that too, for sure. Oh yeah. I, that's right, Diana. I did see that thing you posted and I reposted it. I think that was a Hispeto to the Velia Guarda, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, All right. Let's do the next one. This is actually the one that's opening uh, Carnival on Sunday night on February 19th, Imperio Sejano. Um, They are a samba school. They're cuadras in Madureira in the Zona Norte. They were founded in 1947. Their colors are white and green. Um, their bateria is known as the Sinfonica du Samba. And their theme this year is another one of my favorite people, Arlindo Cruz. Um, he is a another figure in Samba. He's also alive. Um, but unfortunately, in 2017, he suffered a stroke. Um, and so he has been very ill and bedbound since then. Um, so this is um, the Carnavales. So the name of the Enhedu is Lugares Giarlindu, um, which um, translates to Arlindo's Places. And the Carnavalesco is uh, Alex Gisosa, uh, who comes to Imperio Sejano after four years, four years with Salgueiro, uh, where he was uh, in the Champions Parade every time that he was uh, 
with uh, Salgado. So he's, you know, he hasn't, I don't, I don't believe he's won any carnival, but he's definitely uh, a sought after carnivalesco because he's always in the, in the champions parade. This is his I'm gonna, first I'm going to make a little, Sejano. can I jump in for a little comment? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. I think Lugares Giarlindo also references his super famous song, right? Mel Lugar. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I'm, yeah. I'm de- it's so, yes, it's, it's actually, that's, it's based on that. His, uh, yeah. I'm sure everybody's heard of, uh, you know, Madurera, la, la, ya, yeah. Um, and it makes, it focuses on his trajectory, um, from when he started, which was at the Bloco Cacique Jihamos, and then, you know, how he sort of moved, uh, through his career. One of the composers is Sombrinha. Um, and actually, he did an interview um, talking about how he had never really wanted to do um, a samba for a school for a samba school that wasn't his samba school which is not in Pedro Sejano but when they approached him to do it he was actually one of um Arlindo's most um like they were very they were partners in terms of um songwriting and they were together a lot they played have a few CDs that they did together um and uh they actually played together in Fundo Chiquintal so uh for those who like to listen to commercial samba. Fundo Chiquintal is one of the most famous groups of uh, commercial pagodi uh, and samba that exists. And Sombrinha is one of the founding members, um, along with a few other really well-known sambistas. Jorge Aragon, who was one of the founding members of Fundo Chiquintal, left Fundo Chiquintal, and that's when Arlindo Cruz was invited to join. And so Sombrinha, who's one of the composers this year, um, wrote this song because he feels like, uh, along with some other composers, um, that he really, he felt like he really knew, um, he really knows Arlindo. And so he felt, uh, you know, like he could, he could write about it. But, um, Casiki Jihamos, uh, was where Arlindo started. Um, it's a, it was a Wednesday night, uh, Samba Jihoda, which where a lot of other artists, started as well um you know Betty Carvalho played there Zeca Pagodinho played there um and so it's going to talk about a lot of those places um that you know that that make up his story um other let me see some other cool facts about Imperio Sejano they're one of the they've won a lot <laughs> they're nine-time champions um they actually, uh, this is them, their return to the Grupo Especial. They were in the, in the Grupo Gioro, as you know, we mentioned, sometimes they fall back. They fell back in, in 2019. Um, and so this is their de- their return to the Grupo Especial. Um, they're the fourth biggest winner of Rio Carnival. Uh, let's see. A lot of those wins were like back... Uh... I guess not. I was gonna say back in the day, but they're not. Let me cut that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They they have they have some other you know second division titles as well. When they fell back, um, they actually uh, one of the sc- one of the schools that have 
the most um, Estardanchis de Oro, which is the mm -hmm. award that's like the Carnival Oscar. They had they give awards for like best, you know, <clears throat> best bateria, best tamborin, or is it best alleged uh, tamborin, or like best this, best that, and so like they're one of the schools that have uh, won the most Estardanchis. Um, what other cool stuff can oh um they are home to one of the first ever women composers of the samba of a samba hedu for carnaval which is dona ivoni lada um and they here's another interesting fact um so their bateria sinfonica do samba is led by mestri vicinho um their hainha is darlene feratri um and then one of the cool things that i researched was that they're actually the samba school responsible for introducing the prato which is like the dish that you play with the with the uh the knife the heco heco um uh, the frying pan and then they're also the ones that introduced the four bell agogo so yeah for the four bell agogo is thanks to imperio sejano which i thought was pretty they cool. also I, I was watching a documentary about them they were also one of the first ones to really create really good looking costumes like elaborate nice looking you know kind of back i think in like the 50s and 40s like they were the ones to really start putting together some like really professional costumes for the school so they kind of revolutionized that they're also i think the only group or one of the only ones the only group in grupo especial but i think the only school that is run by community decision making Oh, cool. Kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think it, one of the things that um, is going to be interesting and that a lot of people are sort of, there's a lot of chatter about is whether he will appear because, um, you know, he had his, his stroke pretty young. He's only 64 now. And so he had it when he was like 2017 was like six years ago. So he was six years he's ago. very young. Yeah. And so um there's a question whether he'll be, you know, because, you know, he had, he had a very, very massive stroke. And so he's not um, super well. And so there's been a lot of criticism of his family because they do post a lot of him on social media, but their argument is that like, why should we hide him just because he had a stroke? Like, what is the point of, of, of hiding the reality? Um, while some people criticize them for sort of exposing him on social media that way. Um, and so one of the, things that um has been talked about is whether they'll have him there whether he'll be at carnival or not so that should be interesting i think um there's some people who are saying that he's no he's definitely not going to be there but um <clears throat> i haven't really seen like what the last of that was but it'll be interesting if uh if he he is there or not um i think that's a you know that's something that people will be looking for so um my next one is portella which is my my uh, Escola da na Coração, <laughs> <laughs> um, and this year they are trying to win their twenty third championship in their one hundredth year, and that's what they are celebrating this year in their in uh, Hedu is one hundred years of Portela. So uh, their the title is Azul Givendo Infinito, um, and. The plot is uh, the blue that comes from infinity, and it's de developed by the the Carnivalescos, Marcia and Henato Laji. 
And the duo will have the challenge of making the century parade of Osvaldo Cruz and Madureira's Blue and White. Um, the theme takes place in five outstanding personalities of Portela from Paulo Ciportela to the late Mestre Monarco. The partnership of the winning samba chosen to represent the school on the uh, avenue is composed of by um, Vanderly Monteiro, Rafael Giganchi, Vinicius Ferreira, Bira, Marcelão, and uh, Edmar Jr. Um, a little bit about Portela. <coughs> Excuse me. Their mestre is Nilo Sergio. Their hyena is Bianca Monteiro. They're um, known as the Bateria Tabajara do Samba. Is that right? Yeah. The pronunciation. Okay. Um, and uh, they were founded in 1923. So as I mentioned, 100 years of Portela. Um, their uh, interprete is Jolzinho, uh, who is my favorite. I love him. <laughs> I love Jolzinho. <laughs> and Jolzinho also um, sings for Tom Mayor in Sao Paulo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and and, and I think another school. Um, so you'll see wow. him doing double duties uh, that weekend. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, so some of the great composers for Portela are. Monarco, Zichechi, Casquinha, Manasea, Candea, um, Paulinho da Viola, João Nogueira, on and on. So this is like one of the most, for me, it's like mm -hmm. kind of like one of the most famous schools that, you know, has this just plethora of, of outstanding um, singers, uh, composers and whatnot. Um, and they're... <clears throat> They're also well known for their Velia Guarda. Vanderly Monteiro is also like one of those composers that like he has won so many times uh, his compositions. Um, and I just love his sambas as well. Uh, as Sylvia knows. <laughs> yes. And I um, have to say, Portel, this uh, Portel is also my um, Escola de Coração. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were one of the first Sama schools that I actually got to know through music because of my love for the lovely Teresa Cristina, yes. mm -hmm. um, who is a Samba singer. She really... Um, I started listening to her my really shortly after I went to Brazil the first time in 2005 and um she's like really responsible for like taking me from like listening to like sort of just bossa nova to really getting into roots samba because of like just all the the art artists that, that Diana you mentioned like I you know started listening to Candeia mm -hmm. and Zekechi and all those people so um yeah I really I really love this one too because uh the song is really nice mm -hmm. and it talks about like all of the all of the people who have been part of the Portela story so this one I actually when I when I saw the the um episode about this theme um on global mm -hmm. it was like I was like I'm crying yeah, yeah. It's, such, it's it's a very yeah, it uh, gets to the heart yeah yeah totally um, 
one thing or a couple of things. They came in fifth last year. Um, and this year they are parading second on the second night. Um, I also wanted to mention for this uh, in Hedu, they explore the concept of the beyond, the dimension that goes beyond the terrain where those who have passed away are. The Enhedu will celebrate and remember those who deserve to be remembered and are the foundation of the carnival groups that gave rise to Portela. So that's really sweet. Um, their colors are blue and white. Um, oh, and as many of you know, their <clears throat> their symbol is the eagle. So their first um, float is always that big, huge eagle. Yes, yes, and they mention it a lot in their songs too, right? Like uh, um, that famous one, Portela na Avenida, that Clara Nunes sings. Mm -hmm. She talks about the the Agia. So really great, great stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it's going to look yeah, like. So I'm, I'm, and, and I'm pulling ahead. for them, of course, as always. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I love them. I also love Mestri Nilu. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's just such an interesting character and the Portela Bateria is always so tight. Um, Portela is one of the few quadras that I've been to. And it was just electrifying to see, um, to see that bateria uh, play and, and Mestrinilo too is just so he's just such a cool character. I mean, I, I have a video of him um, where I'm I'm standing behind him. He's you know the 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 is going the the summon is going, but the the bateria has yet to come in. It's just sort of it's just the the caixas, and he's you know as he's calling them in like you know. This is like a, a huge ensayo right before carnival. And, and he's like just chilling with a cigarette in his mouth and <laughs> just, you know, like I would be freaking out, just, you know, super concentrated. But he was like, you know, it's like he knows he's going to do a good job. And he was he was chilling, but he's also really um, in, he's in, he seems like really intense when he's when he's uh, directing. <laughs> so um I, I I I love him too. So I'm also I, I I'm happy whenever Portela does well in Carnival. And side note, I saw them the other night at um, Setter Onzi, and they were sounded pretty good. Nice. And um, mm -hmm. for reference, Courtney did uh, do a an interview with Douglas Shorji from Portela, uh, episode forty six. Nice, nice, and yeah, and, and on our wish list. Mestre Nilo is mm -hmm. definitely on it. And Gilsinho. So. Yeah. And Gilsinho, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll be able to do those uh look at those soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next. Next up. Power through. Next up. Beja Flor. Brava Gente. Ugritos dos excluidos no bicentenario da independencia. I love this in Haidu. I've been out to um Beja floor several times this year. And um, I mean, it starts, the whole Enhedo starts out by saying the revolution begins now. <laughs> so uh, it's, we were talking about things being subversive. It's super subversive. Um, and they even say that in there in, in there in Haiti, but then Haiti talks a lot about um, the history of Brazil, uh, the heroes and heroines of Brazilian history that aren't talked about in school. Um, the Maria C. Joanas, uh, Maria was kind of a, 
Joan of Arc sort of figure who joined the military of a woman who joined the military. Um, she didn't have like the visions that Joan of Arc, you know, supposedly had um, or was supposed to have had. Um, and then Joanna was a nun who died protecting her convent from um, like Portuguese soldiers. So these are, you know, women of history that aren't that aren't really talked about in school. I, I, it sounds like um, they refer to the Brazilian flag, the statement order in progress. Um, as progress is only for those who can afford it, and order is a myth of neglect. Uh, it it's just such a it, it it's just such a beautiful um, counter to a lot of the things that were going on um, when Bolsonaro was was president. It's a lot of demands for equality, demands for freedom of expression, demands to practice um, independence for pop culture, popular culture, meaning samba and um, culture of the people. Um, it also talks about Abrim Alas make way um, for the excluded people who slay their dragons and that that slaying the dragons is a reference to um, um, Sal Georgi and um, slaying the dragons of people who are opposed to you and um, uh, Sal Georgi which is Saint George in um, English is a Catholic saint I'm not sure if he's like an official Catholic saint but he's synchronized with he Ogum. Is. He is. A he is okay he's mm -hmm. synchronized with Ogum and who was like kind of the warrior uh the warrior orisha and also their beja floors um sort of they've got this what would you call a logo for the year or like a design for the year it has a picture normally sal georgi is is depicted as a white knight in an armored suit on a white horse slaying a dragon right but in this picture it's um sal georgi but it's he's like a a slave and it looks oh. like he's maybe wearing like a native headdress i'm not sure oh, i awesome. asked my friend hanan like what the headdress was about if that was like a native thing and he said no that's a slave thing like a colombo um slave figure mm. outfit but he's slaying a dragon like he's slaying a snake it's the same image but it's it's the ogun version which is super interesting i thought wow. um yeah so it's it's um yeah and i think one of the things to mention too is that 2023 marks the bicentennial of the independence of Bahia from Portugal. Mm -hmm. um, so with this, this is one thing that I did not know until I started to read about, about this Angedo is that, so Brazil marks its independence on September 7th. Um, eight, so every year, September 7th is like our, their 4th of July. Um, and they celebrate that, ha that independence happened in 1822, but Bahia actually wasn't free until 1823 and so the what beja flor is saying is how mm. how can we celebrate independence um on the 7th of september when in the northeast it was not in fact independent until the, the year after and so they're proposing you know the day that the people won right the the second of july which is mm. when bahia had their independence um because if you're marking September 7th as the Independence Day, you're really forgetting all of the um, Afro-Brazilian, the Afro-Amerindian people who fought in the Northeast <laughs> to rid that area of the Portuguese. Ah, that makes and a lot so, of sense. And um, so, you know, one of the women that they mentioned, Maria Filipa de Oliveira, she was actually a free woman who led 200 people um, in the Battle of Itamarica. And, you know, she led 200 indigenous, mostly indigenous people. So mm. um, their argument is that 
there is not a lot of representation of of all the other people who fought to again to get the portuguese out of of bahia mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. yeah one of the things that they mentioned in their in their I, I guess it's important to mention that in every almost every school or every school has to provide sort of this manifesto of their ingedo um, some people, you know, some carnavalescos actually describe what it, what it is, and some carnavalescos just provide a poem, mm. <laughs> which is which is what makes it hard sometimes to interpret what the Inghed is about. Um, but one of the things that they said is, you know, the Independence Day we want is celebrated to the sound of caboclo, caboclo drumming, singing that. Um, but we need to celebrate popular landmarks at festivals that that smell. I have the color of and taste like Brazil, recognizing female and Afro-Amerindian protagonism. Awesome. Yeah. It's one of my favorites too. The this this song, the Saming yes. is the is melody is really great. The breaks really are great. really great. Um the message I feel is really great. Um yeah, I I really like it too. I've, yeah. I've been out there to Beja floor a lot and Mestri Hodgney is just such a wonderful charismatic guy. Mestri the Bateria, he's a, it's, it's dual um, Hodgney and, and Pilino. And yeah, I just love the work that they do uh, out there. The colors are blue and white. The quadras in Neopolis, which took me forever to figure out how to say Neopolis. Neopolis. <laughs> Neopolis, yeah. I still have work to do on pronouncing it. Um, Carnavalescos, Alexandre Lozada. Is that how you say that? Alexandre Lozada. Oh, yeah, Lozada. Mm -hmm. And Andre Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, the singer, Neguinho da Beja Flor, of course. Oh, my gosh. Um, He's one of the most famous puxadores, mm -hmm. um, yeah. singers uh, for samba in Jesus. Like, I think if, like, even, even people who are marginally interested in carnaval know who nikki no, yeah and his yeah. instagram is a good follow because yeah. he's hilarious <laughs> wasn't he like running or doing something weird the, yes, the other day he's, yeah <laughs> he always gets on there's like hey! like there's some kind of crazy yeah follow him he's hilarious yeah, he's amazing i love him all right that's about it um i love this in Haydu. i think they're a strong a strong uh, candidate to win. They've always got a ton of money and they put on an amazing show. So um, people have said the last three on Monday are the ones to watch, which are Imperatriz, Beja Flor, and Viradoru. Those, some people have been saying that those are the only ones to watch, <laughs> but mm, we'll see. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's kind of the, where the energy is right now, but you know, you never know what people, what people are going to bring. So yeah. we will see. All right. So the next school, Mocidade, Mocidade Independente de Padre Miguel um, is a school that was founded in the Zona Oeste of uh, Rio de Janeiro. Their quadra is in the town of or area of Realengo. If you've ever heard that famous Gilberto Gil song, he mentions Realengo in there, the Aquele Abraço. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Hello, hello, hey, Ale. No. Oh, 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 okay. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You just had to. You just had to <laughs> sing it. So. <laughs> um. It was founded in 1955, so it's also one of the older schools. Their colors are white and green. 
They are a six-time champion of Carnival. The last one was in uh, 2017, where they tied with Portela that year. Um, their bateria is called Bateria Não Existe Mais Quente, and their mestre is Mestre Dudu. Um, this year, their theme is Terra de Meu Céu, Estrelas do Meu Chão, translates to Earth of My Sky, Stars of My Ground. The carnavalesco is Marcos Ferreira. Um, and this one's actually really interesting because, you know, I think the ones that we've talked about th thus far have been very big concepts, right? Like very wide concepts. And this one is very specifically um, about an art form from Alto do Moura in Pernambuco, which is also in the Northeast. Um, and the legacy of Mestre Vitalino, um, who is... Um, an artist, an artist of this specific type of art that they're talking about. Alto do Moura, which is where this art comes from, is a neighborhood in the municipality of Caruaru, in the main city in the rural area of Pernambuco, located about 135 kilometers from Recife. The neighborhood has an important center for the production of handicrafts, highlighting the works with clay that portray typical daily life of the Brazilian Northeast. Um, so if you look up this kind of art, um, you know, if you've gone to any hand like uh, craft uh, Northeast craft store in Brazil, you've seen this artwork. Um, it's really beautiful and it's all made of clay. Um so the song or, and the theme really centers on this um, on this particular style of art. Um, so it, I think that's going to be amazing to see on the Avenida because I can imagine that that art is going to be um, used in all the floats and everything. So um, it should be super cool. Um, a couple of other things about Mosidaji. They are inventors of the Paradinha. <laughs> which is one of my favorite things at Carnival. I love Paradinhas. I love bossas and all of that. Like that is, to me is so exciting. Um, and they first performed the Paradinha in 1958 under Mestre André. Mm -hmm. um, last year, here's a fun fact as well. Last year, the samba was an homage, homage to the Odisha Oshasi. Um, and for the third time in the school's history, the Hichimistas had to shave their heads. So pretty cool how far that, you know, they Yo. take it this seriously to, uh, yeah. Good thing you didn't have to do anything like that, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, you'll have to shave. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing set in stone yet, right? Nobody's told me what we're doing. Uh, the, the composers are Diego Nicolau, Richard Valenza, Orlando Ambrosio, uh, Gigi Dastiva, uh, Leandro Bodegas, Cabeza do, I don't, I don't know how to say that. And then at the end, the <laughs> singer is Nino do Milenio. And I, frankly, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Mosidaji. Um, Isn't, but I do, I do think that the, the theme is pretty, is pretty interesting. And visually, I'm sure it's going to be super beautiful. Another thing to mention um, that's important about the history of the school is that Mestrian Jay, the inventor of the Paragenia, also 
came up with the third surdu and uh, the pattern that the hippikis play. So like, or most of the groups, the, the typical hippiki pattern um, that we all know about um, was invented by Mestri Andre, um, according to what I've heard. I was just going to say, this is where Mestri Jonas and his, what was his brother's name? I can't remember it. Georgiou. Georgiou. Their family came from Mosidaji, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Georgi Alipay. Oh, really? From Mosidaji. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dudu, Dudu Nobri, mm -hmm. too, and his sister, Lucinia. Um, some other Padre Miguel, um, you know, who's, who, the, the Samba school is their uh, Escola de Coração. Elza Suarez, who's a very... Mm famous singer was a uh, Mosidaji um according to uh the internet R Rodrigo Santoro who is a very lovely actor a Brazilian actor is uh Mosidaji who was in love Bruno actually Moraes. right <laughs> Bruno was in love actually Bruno Moraes <laughs> yes so the next one we'll be talking about is Estação Primeira de Mangueira <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, and so their theme this year is As Africas que a Bahia canta. Uh, the Africas that Bahia sings. Is, uh, does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, that's the direct translation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as per the plot, it is uh, a marriage, a long awaited marriage by the uh, Union of the Vergi Rosa. Uh, and an Afro theme with all the musicality and religiosity of the state of Bahia. So this uh, <laughs> this Inhedo was uh, by their uh, Carnavalescos, Anik Salmon and Guilherme Estevão, um, who replaced Leandro uh, Vieira. And these, these Carnavalescos are really young, right? Yeah, it seems like they are. I hadn't seen them before. Um, and I'm not sure who they had worked with before, but um, uh, they I have here in my notes that they they won second place last year. With, oh, did they? Okay, with Porto da Pedra in the uh, Serie Oro. Well, that was quite a jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No from, kidding. Yeah, to go from the gold series to the Grupo Especial is pretty amazing. Yeah, and they will be parading on Sunday the 19th, and they are the sixth um, Escola. Um, so a little bit about this Saman Heidu. Um, the theme, of course, is more um, relevant to like racial and gender focus. Um, the actual Saman Heidu starts out toda mulher é flecha da evolução. Uh, every woman is an arrow mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. evolution. Mm -hmm. Every woman is a an arrow of evolution. So it really is uh, talking about the strength of uh, the woman and um, this connection with Bahia. Another uh, line in it also says, Mangueira, onde o rio é mais baiano. Also, again, it says, Usamba foi morar, onde o rio é mais baiano. So it's really um, focused on this uh, connection between Bahia and uh, Rio and Mangueira, of course. Another um, a couple of the other lines that I really liked in this Salman Heydu, uh, and it's really, it's, I don't know about you guys, but I found it really energetic and lively. Not that they aren't, all aren't like this, but I don't know. I really just like the, how it moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I also like that, um, 
in the recording, the our our camp friend Margaret Menezes mm-hmm. um, sings on the recording. Exactly, um, she's now, as we know, the minister of culture for the Lula administration. Sou eu, Mangueira, a flecha da evolução. Epa, reoia, epa, reoia. Quando você de encontrar um rosa, toda preta é rainha. But yeah, they haven't, uh, she hasn't uh, confirmed whether she will participate in the desfile, at least the last time I checked, but it'll be pretty cool to see her on. But I agree. I love the, the intro and how it's, mm-hmm. you know, it has that link to Afro-Brazilian religion. And yeah, it's a great, it's a great tune and theme i like it mm-hmm. um another line com ganzas e shakeres fundei o meu país with ganzas and shakeres i uh found my not found i founded my my country was founded and it's nice because this also reflects the uh inclusion of the shakeres uh, in with the shakalus this year um, very pretty <laughs> shake it is, I must say, too, from a sh- <laughs> from an Agbe- Agbezera's uh, standpoint. Uh, <laughs> Are they pink and white? Is that what I saw? They're pink and green, and I think with some white in them. Yeah, mm, they're really, really pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. I, I uh, also think it's it's important to mention that they, because it's about Bahia, they also talk about Carnival in Bahia, and so they mm-hmm. they touch on the Afro Cortejos. Um, mm-hmm. The legendary ones like Iliaye, Araketu, and Olodum. And I believe they're all participating in some way in the parade, right, which will be right. really That's a cool yeah, heard uh, that too. partnership. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, it kind of lists them throughout the Samban Hedu. It uh, talks about, you know, Iliaye, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so it's this Samban Hedu is really full of uh, content and I can't wait to see their parade. Um, also, um friend of our show, Dudu Fuentes, is playing chimbao for this group. And what they've done is taken some of the chimbaos and put um, goat skin heads on them and mm. like half of them or something like that. I don't I don't know the, the number right now, but um, Half of them have goatskin heads on them, and they'll be playing atabaki parts. So, um, no, oh, cool. Which I'm not sure how it's going to cut through, but I think there's a part where the Enheidu stops and they play. But it's kind of cool. But mm. the other night I was at their um, Ensayo Technico, and we were able to kind of sneak into the Frieza area. So we were right there on the street level, and they came in so strong it was so cool mm-hmm. i mean they they put on an awesome show i mean everybody was like barefoot and they had their shirts off right. and they were all painted up and it was like chimbalada does you know it was mm-hmm. and they came in so i mean like Mangueta does sometimes they can just pull it out man and it's it was such a powerful show yeah. um and also also having you know they have those they're really um strong culture of like a lot of supporters and so you know mm-hmm. having everybody there just singing every part of it and jumping up and down it was just it was really a it was really a cool thing getting goosebumps thinking team- about it and it was the first time a friend of mine had ever seen like a grupo especial bateria oh, he really? was just like whoa <laughs> 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 what is happening like his brain was was melting yeah <laughs> that's funny um yeah, and the dancers looked great at the Yes. At, yeah, their Comestel de Frenchie is really good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I really loved that part. Um, and even like uh, with the transmission on YouTube, the announcers were flipping out. They were just going crazy. It was crazy. Were... I mean, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. I mean, really, like, and not that I've seen everything, but, you know, I've been here a few times and seen some things, but it was just, it was just really powerful. It was really yeah. cool. It was really, really cool what they did. Yep. So just a little bit about Mangate, if you don't know, and of course, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, um, their <laughs> colors are pink and green. They're quadras of Mangata. They are founded in 1928. And uh, they were founded uh, by Carlos Cachaca, Cartola, Zé Espinguela, among others. And they're in the near the region of Maracana, right? They've won Carnival 20 times. And in the last one in 2022, they came in seventh. Um, they recently won in 2016 and 2019. Um, they are, uh, their bateria is known as Bateria Surdu. Um, their mestis are Taranta Neitu and Rodrigo Esplosão. Their Hanyaji bateria is Evelyn Bastos. Um, a couple of members that are friends of the podcast are. Mestreya Ailton, who used to be a Mestreya of Mangueta, uh, we recorded his episodes on episode 21 and 22, also Dudu Fuentes, episode 10 and 53, and um, son of Georgie Alabe, Bocahum, is also playing. Um, and also, of course, uh, the legendary uh, Carlinhos Pandero Gioru. Oh, and Ana Lately, who is also in Rio right now um, with her... Samba Congress workshops. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Mangueira announced that Cynthia Santos um, is their new Porta Bandeira. Uh, she used to be with Porto da Pedra, um, and she will be with uh, dancing with uh, Mateus Oliveiro, Oliverio, um, and she replaces the lovely, beautiful. Squell, that was like my favorite. Mm. <laughs> Squell retired last year. At least she left Mangueta last year. So overall, I think Mangueta is going to have a really strong, mm -hmm. strong uh, this feeling this year. Uh, and I look forward to watching them. All right. On to Viradoru. Um, this one is an Enheidu about a person uh, from the past. Jose Maria and gosh, the last name. Egypt. Pika? Egyptia. Egyptia. Jose Maria Egyptia. And she was a, a, at like six years old, she was enslaved. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hard story. She was, she was kept as a slave, as a prostitute. Um, and so, and had, and did that work for, for many, many years until eventually she um, was able to, I think purchased her own freedom. I forget how she was able to be free, but that um, she kept working as a prostitute for a while and then sold all of her, her possessions and, and decided to follow a spiritual path. And she was having visions at the time. So she was having these spiritual visions of Christ and things like that. And anyway, she, she chose a different life and founded. She, um, through a lot of this time, was persecuted by the church. And eventually um, she founded a... Uh, a, um, I don't know what you would call it, like a, like a convent or like a, um, a space for, um, 
for people who were former prostitutes um, and part of the church, so um, so people could kind of get out of that lifestyle and and kind of rehabilitate. And so she founded that and she learned to read and write and was one of the, um, she was the first woman, um, black woman in Brazil to publish a book. So, I mean, that's just yeah, kind well. of incredible. The, it published a book yeah. in Portuguese. I mean, it's just like, she's an amazing person. But she's a really interesting, powerful figure for Brazil, for women, for black women. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's cool. It's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, Viradouro is in Niteroi. It's across the bridge, across the bay. Um, Zé Paulo is the, is the singer. He's got a very recognizable voice. They're called their colors are red and white. Uh, Mestre Sisa, legend, is the mestre Aww. there. I think he's the, maybe not necessarily the oldest, but the longest, he has the longest history of being a mestre. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, um, a lot of cool history with that guy. I'd love to talk to him on the podcast. We will eventually, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, he mm -hmm. would be great. Yes, he'd be amazing. Um, Our friends of the podcast, Gabriel Policarpo and- Kai Ogonzi, we That's interviewed right. them a while ago. Two people, and Talita plays there. Mm -hmm. That's about it for that one. I'm not sure what else to say. You know, these ones that are a little bit obscure, like with, I mean, especially with the ones that we're not, we didn't grow up knowing about this person. Yeah. And it's, it seems like such a serious topic, but somehow they can spin it and make it a really positive um, and happy <laughs> thing it, it it kind of blows my mind <laughs> well the music like, is is like a happy music but they can talk about very serious topics right. about it but also celebrate the fact that that she overcame all of that you know life mm -hmm. is tough mm -hmm. here like it's yeah and and they can you know they overcome the hardships too you know here i mean mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah one thing that is cool for me about Fyodoru is that um, Sisa is very open and welcoming to women. So he has a lot of women in his batteria, mm. which is cool. He, it, it, I, I had, don't have experience playing there, but um, there are a lot of women who do. So he's doing something to yeah. make them feel comfortable. To be nice. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's important to say that like women, like historically have not played in baterias. I mean, we're talking like, yeah. They, they were allowed in like the 1990s, right? Like, mm. And if they were, very... it was like, they all play Shikayu. It's like the girlfriend mm -hmm. of the right, drummers right. play Shikayu, <laughs> you know, like that was, that yeah. was it. It's, and they consider it like a lady's instrument. I heard someone say that the other day and I was like, I think that attitude is changing obviously, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's for an sure. instrument I mean, for I mean, women, you know? <laughs> as, as much as like, uh, you know, there have been advances, there's still, I, I think the schools that do it the best are the ones that have like dedicated programs to recruiting women. Well, even uh, Mestri Macaco Branco talked about, you know, really trying to be um, proactive about women in his bateria. All right. So let's talk about Villa Isabel. Hey. Um, we interviewed Mestri Macaco Branco not too long ago. Do we know what, what episode that was? Episode 94. 
Yeah. So we talked to Mestri Macaco Branco, which was a really fun interview um, this year. So Villa Isabel founded in 1946. Uh, their colors are blue and white. Their quadra is in Villa Isabel, which is uh, Courtney's neighborhood currently. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're right down the street. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. I went to uh, Villa Isabel, such a cute um area i mean you i feel like as as tourists we are often told to not go outside of the you know zona sul and like tourist areas and um when i went to villa isabel i had a great time and it was just it was just such a nice residential area felt super safe went to their uh feijoada hmm. um which many schools samba schools have on saturdays or over the weekends and and you know they had pagoji and it was really fun so they, um, their bateria is known as Swingera G. Noel, um, which is, uh, honors Noel Hosa, one of their most illustrious composers who died very young, but wrote some like hundreds of songs, um, that are very well known. There's a big and... statue of him on top of their quadra. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like sitting in a chair, looking over the street. And uh and there's a good movie about Noel Hosa. I think it's called oh. Poeta Tavila. Mm -hmm. oh. It's very good. Okay. Um it's it's not it's from I think the aughts. Um, mm -hmm. but it's a very good movie if anybody wants mm. to learn more about Noel Hosa because he is one of the most prolific Brazilian composers of of Samba. Mm -hmm. Um their Hainha is Sabrina Sato, who I personally I love her. She is uh yeah. She's kind of a, she's an act, not actress, like she's a host, right? She's like a show host. Mm -hmm. um, and she's made fun of a lot because apparently like she doesn't have the Samba do Pé because she's not even, she's not from Rio de Janeiro. She's from Sao Paulo. Um, but she's just a funny, she's just a, I like her a lot. I think she's hilarious. Um, and this year their theme or their, the name of their theme is Nessa Festa Eu Levo Fé. So in this party i have faith the carnavalesco is paulo barros and the last time he won was in 2017 with portela and he's won he actually won three times with Chizuka. So he's one of the he's one of the all stars. Like I really Magalhães. like him. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge yeah. fan of his. He comes yeah. out with like creative, interesting, cool, he, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah. Um, and their theme is um about religion, and so it's about the way that they describe it is the really religiosity that motivates the celebrations around the world and how a lot of the celebrations around the world have um, their roots in religion or in some kind of spiritual and uh, in, in spirituality. Um, and while there's religions that have, you know, are monotheistic, there's religions that are not monotheistic. So they, I think they're going to be, they're going to be depicting a lot of celebrations from around the world. I think and it's going to be um, cool. It is going to be cool. So one of the things that they said in their sort of manifesto was that at the Villa at the Villa Isabel Carnival Party, faith goes hand in hand with diversity, where all the gods are part of the uh, part of history of a single humanity, which tread different paths in search of happiness. So it's going to highlight it's going to highlight ancient ancient peoples like the Greeks and Romans, 
um, celebrating gods from countries like China, India, and Japan. Um, and they're also going to celebrate, they're going to depict um, religious traditions like Dia de los Muertos and St. Patrick's Day. So I actually saw, oh, I was, cool. when I read that, I was like, I need to go see what this costume this is going to be like. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they do have a, um, a Dia de los Muertos, like, you know, skeleton type of, of costume. So cool. of course, they yeah, do. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So I think it's going to be pretty awesome. The authors of this, of their samba, Jeannie, Jeannie Davila, Clever Casino, Mano Deis, Doc Santana, and Marcos, their singer is Chinga, who I believe is also a composer. Um, and he's actually one of the um, composers for the Tijuca um, one this year. So goes to show that a lot of people, you know, if you're if you're in carnival you're in carnival in in many different it's a ways lot of crossover yeah crossover yeah yeah um one of the i think one of the other things to mention um marcinho davila is one of the their most famous um pe- you know people composers he's he like actually... a honorary president of the school yeah and he was actually invited to become one of their composers back in the 60s i want to say um and he sort of they credit him with introducing sort of a different type of structure for the samba so introducing um lyrics that were and melodies so but i think before what i read is that before it was you know the samba was just sort of a in service to the theme uh, and when Marcinho Davila came, the samba became sort of its own uh, it, its own important element. Hmm. Um, and so they paid attention to lyrics and melodies. And he actually won. Um, he actually scored like wrote four sambas consecutively. I don't think he's participated so much lately in the composing of the sambas, but he's certainly uh, credited with, you know, um, sort of changing the way that Vila approached the compose the compositions of hmm. the sambas. Um cool. they won the last time in 2013 with another with uh, the other ringer Rosa Magalhães which we mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um and that parade was about the importance of agriculture in Brazil and Alinda Cruz was actually one of the composers. So uh we talked to um Talita Santos episode 60 uh Diana episode 83 and Macaco Branco which we said was episode 84 84 no no, no 94 sorry. 94 94 mm-hmm. man we've gotten a lot of yeah we've got <laughs> a lot of Vila people so <laughs> so I think uh I think this is uh I, I don't I don't know I don't know what my predictions are but I like this one a lot you never and know I think just you the- know like the day of um one thing clip Clever Comca was telling me, he's like, you know, sometimes the song can be really, the, the Samba and Hedo can be really good to listen to through headphones, but then it doesn't work on the Avenida. Oh, and some songs that you don't mm-hmm. really like, all of a sudden on the Avenida, it's like, it 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 works. So it's it's interesting, yeah. like the, the, the writing of a Samba and Hedo is not just, sometimes when it's, you know, good in the recording, it's not good for the actual show and then vice versa yeah um, that was kind of interesting what, i think too that's what makes carnival so exciting because mm. you know at this point i've been listening to the sambas for like two and a half months right or three mm-hmm. months and right. so I, I you would think that'd be like well what you know what's what, like 
what's so exciting about the actual parties, but what makes it exciting is that they're going to perform it, all of the visuals, all of the, right. but beyond that is that the surprise element of you, they don't, you don't know how it's going to go. Like if it rains, right. If there's like torrential rain and the cajos allegoricos or like the floats are not prepared for that. I mean, that can spell disaster for a school, right. Um, a school could do everything right and have the best bateria and the best, um, you know, the best uh, but, you know, one of their floats breaks down and it could really cost them a lot of points. So I think that's what's really exciting is that you just never know what what is going to go into the desfile, right? And it's just feeling that that you didn't didn't really capture your attention in the, on the CD or the song has the, a perfect... Um, parade and then amazing visual elements and suddenly they're the champion and even you know we wa have watched some of the inside technicals and even then you still can't like get the full picture um because there's so much missing um so it's that element of surprise so the next one is salgado they are parading on the first night and there will be fifth um before mangueda i believe um, and their theme is um, their theme is Delirios de un Paraíso Vermelho. And to be honest, when I first started reading about this, I was a little bit. Some of these can be obscure. obscure. Yes, <laughs> very. Yeah, this was one of the more abstract. So items. I was a little bit um, thrown. Uh, but their theme, it uh, states that it begins in a delirious paradise and navigates through human sins, sees an inevitable apocalypse arrive and seeks redemption with a final judgment, ending in another <laughs> Eden taken over by a carnival Sorry. revelry. That's and, like, uh, no, it's, serious. yeah, That's it's like, wow. Yeah, it's a very flowery and poetic. Uh, according to critics, it is a very daring narrative in multiple senses, which has potential yeah. and which could even yield good visual moments. So yes, this one was a little bit abstract for me to um, to totally comprehend, but I, you know, at the end, I think I get the gist of it. Um, it's um costumes their fantasias are really extravagant lots of red of course um and uh i heard that part of them were made with recycled parts so they were really uh keen on that uh i did i just like the fact that uh they are gonna they have like a focus on the seven deadly sins um, and like one of their costumes that I saw online was um, for gluttony. He's like wearing this huge fruit basket, mm -hmm. like on a silver platter on his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah some. So I bet, I mean, some of them are going to be in like very expensive. Yeah. The four uh, horsemen one, the photos of the four horsemen. Those mm -hmm. are crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. They look super cool. Yeah, theirs especially are looking very luxurious. And, I don't, you know, maybe it'll look different on the Avenida, but they're really colorful and powerful. Um, you know, angels and demons Dramatic, and things like yeah. that. Uh -huh. Big headdresses. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. So this will be interesting to see uh, yeah. as it comes to life. It's a cool theme. I mean, I was laughing when you were reading it just because it's like that covers a lot of ground, <laughs> you know, like everything <laughs> yeah. from from the sins and then on to and judgment and on to redemption. Like it's that's a huge. But I agree that it it's got potential for some yeah. really cool stuff Visuals. really cool and the and the costumes that i've seen so far have been really like it's like something mm -hmm. you'd see in a movie you know like the level of of design and and creation yeah. is really high it's really cool yeah and it'll be interesting to see uh the choreography as well mm -hmm. uh patrick carvalho is part of the salgado team is is uh um carlinhos g salgado so it'll be interesting to see what they pull out for this. Um, let's see, a couple fun facts. Um, they were nine-time champions. I believe the last time was maybe 2009. Uh, their mestres are the brothers, mestres Guillermo and Gustavo Oliveira. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their hair this year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, their, uh, <laughs> their, uh, Hania is, uh, Viviani, uh, Araujo back from, I think she just had a baby, didn't she? She did. And I feel like she's been their Hania Ever. for decades. Yeah. Right? A long like time. she's long, one yeah. of the, the OGs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they were founded in 1953 and their colors are red and white. Uh, there's a Bateria Furiosa, um, their quadra is in Andarai. 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 Um, their interprete is Emerson Diaz. And uh, let's see what other fun facts we have. Uh, Shanji G. Pilates is uh, from, yep. from uh, Salgado. Anybody else we know? My Brazilian mom. <laughs> that everybody Hegina, knows Hegina, who everybody should know if you don't know shout her. out to Hegina. i'm sad for you <laughs> shout out for my brazilian mom Hegina. They, she is a uh her and her family are still getting season actually her mom who um passed away not that long ago was a fascista for oh, cool. salgado and she got to travel to europe and asia um, wow. when they won in the i think the 1960s or yeah 1960s so that yeah, is a fun fact out, yeah shout out to uh to my family to the lamoglias and uh laranjitas <laughs> who'll be listening you'll have to tell them to listen i know i'll have to tell them i mentioned them <laughs> um also the school was founded uh by the merger of mojo do salgado's two samba school called azuli e branco do salgado uh, Salgado's Blue and White, and Depois El Gigo, I'll say it later, which then merged again with Unidos do Salgado. So it was kind of a merger that established the current And school. the Mestres, the brothers, are bringing back um, some of the old tarot patterns that they used to play back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of cool what they've what they've done. The um, Yeah, kind of taking the, the the sound back a little bit some of the original original sounds i can hear them do when they when they do their street rehearsal down here um near their quadra i can hear them from my roof <laughs> yeah oh really yeah. <laughs> so one night i wasn't 
I was tired and awesome. I wasn't feeling like going out and I was just sitting up on the roof and I was like, oh man, I can hear Salkid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Tuichi Parisu. Last school. Parisuji Tuichi. All right. I'm going to say at the top, this one, this one was hard for me to, to understand. Um, I mean, I sort of get it, but maybe you guys can help. Um, Morang, Mor, no, Morgangeru, Morgangeru Dakara Preta. Morgangeru Dakara Preta. Black-faced Morgangeru. Which I think this is going to be Courtney. So there was like a. This is about Kajeo boy. They say all the time, "Where's the, where's the, the ox?" So there was this ship full of spices and and oxen that crashed off of this off of the coast of Brazil um, on this big island that's in the middle of of the Amazon, and all these buffalo. Um, escaped this shipwreck and have um populated the island even till i think today and so it's it's about the um these oxen so i'm not sure i'm so lost on this on this in Haido. it's about these oxen these buffalo that sort of um populated this island but also they talk a lot about spices and different different people and also it is could be referring to a beloved oxen back in Portugal that could supposedly dance to rhythms. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of references to oxen. And then also I read something about the boy Boomba, which is a folkloric event that happens on a different island in the middle of the Amazon. Um, somehow it, it's connected to that, but I didn't necessarily see in the Enheda where it talked about that, or I could just be lost in the interpretation of this whole thing. It is to me, it's very obscure. To me, it feels like I'm reading, I'm watching a um, a Family Guy episode where they're referring back to super <laughs> obscure references from like my childhood, and like I barely remember them. And then they, you know, refer to it, and you're like, oh wow. So that with reading this, I'm like, there's a ton that I'm missing here. So I feel like, <laughs> um, yeah, this is I'm I'm very shy to talk about what this is about because it's so dense. So I mean I think at the at, at its at its like if you had to summarize it it is about those buffalo and I think Rosa Magalhães talked about how you know in the because the island of Marajo is is uh is uh on mm -hmm. on the coast of Brazil so I guess there was a shipwreck and somehow these buffaloes were so were smart enough to swim mm -hmm. to this island and populate it and so um. So it, it's an historical event, but then it also, um, you know, the the oxen, right? It has like a it has a cultural space in Bahia, where they write songs about it, um, and then they also, um, the narrative also talks about Mestre right. Damasceno, who's a hepenchista, right. right? And he's mm -hmm. an Afro Indigenous person, um, and he does like little songs right toadas du boy and with that is like a it's like a little cultural i don't want to i don't want to diminish it like by saying little but it's like a cultural uh phenomenon of having kids sing these songs that are stories associated with this oxen oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, um, Paris de Tuichi is also close to, to uh, Villa Isabel. It's like a mile away or so. Um, the colors are yellow and blue. They had a dramatic rise out of um, a few years ago out of Grupo Oru. They like shot up into um, Grupo Especial, and then the next year they got second place. Like they just had this like meteoric, yeah. meteoric, crazy mm -hmm. um, uh, shot. Yeah, rise. Right. Uh, Interpreti is Vander Pieris. Is that how you say it? Vander Pieris. Pieris. And he's new there this year, right? Wasn't he with? Uh... Let's see. He was elsewhere before, I believe. I think he was like with Imperio Sodano or somewhere. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, when I see or, him, I'm uh, like, Mosidagi I know this guy. Or Mosidagi with, the, was, big, uh, Mosidagi with the big hair. With the big mm -hmm. hair and... Yeah. Vater yeah. Pieris, yes. He was with Mosidagi for like five years. I saw him last night when I was leaving Portela. <laughs> he was in a oh, completely so gold funny. outfit. Well, Tuichi was playing... You went to yeah, Portela Tuichi. last night? <laughs> And was playing I'm like Portella. I saw I saw you. Yeah, you after threes. we went to Portela, <laughs> and I left at two in the morning. And as I was walking oh out, he was God. walking in because they were gonna play. Um, mm. It was like two thirty in the morning, something like that. Um, he was in an entire entirely gold outfit, head to toe, <laughs> in the hair, at the hair. I do like his voice, I have to say, and I do mm. love this samba mm. as well. Uh, let's see. They're in Sao Cristóvão, founded in 1952. Um, super song, super sound. Uh, Mestre Marcel, legendary Mestre. He was at... Um, Marco. Marco. Mestre Marco. He was at uh, Salguero for years and years and years, like 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, and he lives really close to the Salguero Quadra. Jaina um, Mayara... Lima. Mayara, Mayara Lima. Lima. She awesome. is like the social media mm -hmm. darling of uh, samba dancers and Jaina's Bateria. And she's, I was telling Sylvia the other day, she's all, she's an enigma because every time I see her, she looks different. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it, right? We've gone through all our schools. Yes. There we have it. So for the final questions, I would love to hear your um, predictions. Who do you think will win? Who would you like to win? Etc. Diana, go first. Um, well, you know, I always want Portella to win, but and I, the the theme is really, you know, I really enjoy the theme and it's very touching. I've heard some criticism about the Stamba and Hedu just uh, because of its. The language of it that it's a little bit um hard to understand sometimes i like it um i like how it sounds um i do like mangueta's um we were talking about the energy earlier um and i also like imperatrice and that's not be just because courtney's uh, involved but uh yeah i can't I, I can't say who i think will win but i like those how's that yeah i like it um, I think um, who I want to win, I'm also a Portela fan. I'd love for Portela to win, but honestly, this year, 
Um, I would like Imperatriz to win. Uh, and it is because Courtney's <laughs> in it. <laughs> Playing favorites. Because, I mean, I would love to see. I think their samba is great. It's um, so fun. It's so fun. The I think I already talked about the the Shochi and uh, Foha breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think are innovative. Um, yeah, I I would love for them to win. Um, who I think will win? I think they have a good chance. Um, I do. I think Mangueta has a good chance too. I think their um, samba is really good, and like we said, they are always coming to win. Um, but I also don't want to discount Grunji Hiyu. I know they won last year, but I think their Enghedo is really good and their Samba is really good and they're coming off of their win last year. So I don't know. I, I think, I think it could be a repeat. Interesting. Hmm. Um, I said earlier, and I, I still think this, I think it's going to be between the last three schools and the last night is my prediction. Beja Floor, they're, they're mm. in Haiti is really good. It's really catchy and um, it's really strong. So emotionally, I, I love their in yeah. Um Imperatrice, obviously, like yeah, I, I like the fact that it's different. Um, I like that they're using um, like the Shochi and, and like a lot of people put in um, like six, eight sort of Bayan breaks and this is like something different. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that they're using yeah. language from the Northeast. I like that the story is kind of fun and and it's light. I mean, it's I mean, you know, it's like Lampiel getting killed. It's not light in that way, but um, it's like a cowboy story. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of. Um, and the breaks are interesting. You know, these gunshot breaks are just different. It's just different, um, and I like that. And then uh, they've got the good Carnivalesco, so that's gonna. It's going to be, I feel like that's a strong contender, but also I think Viradoru, um, they always bring something awesome. So I think that's where the competition is, is between the yeah. last three. Although Manguera, God, the other night, they were so, so powerful. All right. Well, last question. If you were a Carnavalesco, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, your school's parade around. Oh, God. What what would be your enghedu? The Brazilian I'll beat. answer. <laughs> Go. <laughs> what? Oh, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Um, just because it hasn't been done is, uh, I don't think. Um, and now that she's passed, mm. uh, Betch Carvalho. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that. Would be a good one. Yeah, in that same vein, Gal Costa too. That would be an amazing Mm -hmm. one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to think uh, what I would do it on, and I I don't know. I didn't research this, so I don't know if it's been done. But I think, you know, there have been some. I mean, lots of schools that have done stuff outside of Brazilian culture. I mean, there. I think there was one year that. that Danon sponsored someone's. Um, <laughs> oh yes, right. And it yes. was about yogurt, about yogurt, right? Yeah. And like, That's and they were like lactobacilli on the avenida, like they're. Um, yes. So you could do about anything. You can do <laughs> halls, Courtney. Halls. <laughs> That's right, halls. <laughs> the uh, 
the pervasiveness of the uh, throat cough drop. drop. Yes, <laughs> the cough drops. Um, I would. I think I would love to see uh, <laughs> a and head about like Mesoamerican civilizations, like Aztecs mm. and Mayas, and cool. um, sort of those ancient civilizations of Mexico. I think would be That's visually cool. stunning, um, and also could tap into spirituality too, right? Like the you know, the sacrifice and all of mm. that stuff, I think would be a very cool, um, visually intense thing handle. I would, and I'm sure everyone could probably guess this, who knows me, I would do one on the, uh, the paper, the giant paper balloons that people make that are highly well, illegal right. here and let, they light them on, they light these fires inside of them and set them off and they have, sometimes they're, let me start over it's like a it's like a um giant paper balloon that um sometimes they release them at night a whole bunch of them at the same time and they've got big fires they're totally uncontrolled there's not someone it's like a hot air balloon but there's not someone riding in it and there's these big fires inside and it lifts it up and carries it away and they're super beautiful because they're all colorful with the fire inside it's internally lit a lot of times they're um carrying these candles these like I don't know how to describe it. it's like a blanket of candles that will also be like lit up in in the there's little candles and cups that are all different colors and they make like a, a a design and they're just super beautiful they're highly illegal because they will land on a forest or somebody's house and light it all on oh, fire wow. um so it's it should be illegal but it's super beautiful what these people are creating but these like teams of there's these teams of people who who are all about the art of it and they create these balloons and, and release them and they're they're gorgeous and they have these festivals where they they'll release a whole bunch of them at the same time. I find them enchanting and <laughs> anyway, I would do one on that. But also, you know, it's also there's a there's a beautiful side to it, but there's also a negative side to it. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a whole thing about people going around and trying to catch them once they start to descend, once the fire goes out and they start to descend. Like there's just all, <laughs> all these videos of people going out and trying to get them. Like it's yeah, it's a pretty it's a interesting part of Brazilian culture that um, a lot of people are like don't it seems like don't know about it or people here are surprised that I do know about it when when I ask about. I've met a couple people here who do make them but yeah i would do it on that because it could be um, visually really stunning but it yeah. also you know it's mm -hmm. illegal and dangerous and yeah mm -hmm. very cool mm -hmm. well well i wanted to thank uh sylvia for really yes. putting such such effort into this uh episode she really did a lot of research and um thank you yeah oh thank Clapping. you thank you for uh <laughs> for indulging me in this discussion. <laughs> and this, this is obviously our first attempt at this. So, uh, and it's so hard to comprehend some of these um, themes and like cultural uh, manifestations. So we did. So if we got we something could. wrong, please forgive us. And let us, us know if us you know, know. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you have more information about some of these things um, because it is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or if you want to share what you would do your inhedo on too, Ooh. I think I yeah, think that would be fun to to hear from people because uh, I know I thought about it a lot. I was like, man, it would be really cool to be a kind of It would be yeah. cool. Okay. 
All right, ladies. Thank you so much, Sylvia. You put a ton of work into this. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Well, huh? we'll, uh, we'll see, see who what wins. happens. Yeah. See who wins. February 19th and 20th. Thank you so much for listening to The Brazilian Beat. This podcast was created by Diana Ramirez and Courtney Danley. This episode was edited by Sylvia Manrique. We love doing this podcast and having conversations, interactions with the global community, and it is a labor of love. But your help can keep these conversations going. To learn how you can contribute, please go to ko-fi.com slash the Brazilian Beat. We would also love your help in sharing this podcast by posting it on social media, as well as rating us on Apple Podcasts. Tell all your friends. Have a wonderful and safe carnival.